Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and uh, today looking back at uh, the T20 World Cup final where England have beaten Pakistan by five wickets and have been crowned 2022 T20 World Cup champions. What a mouthful that is. Uh, Plenty to discuss with myself, John Norman, Steve Harmison alongside me for the next 25 minutes or so. And you are listening to following on. Well, if you're listening to the show, you no doubt know by now that uh, England have won and uh, the scorecard will tell you that they've done so comfortably, beating Pakistan by five wickets with uh, Ben Stokes at the crease, hitting the winning runs and going past 50 for the first time in a T20 international at the same time. But it doesn't really tell the tale. Uh, Pakistan underperformed with the bat. 137 for eight. Brilliant bowling from Sam Curran, who was player of the match with three for 12. Uh, backed up by Adil Rashid, who picked up a wicket with his first ball and uh, took two for 22. And Chris Jordan picked ahead of Mark Wood. <clears throat> We're not sure exactly whether that was injury or tactics, but essentially uh, justified his inclusion. Two for 27. Stokes himself bowled his full four allocation, one for 32. Chris Wokes bowled three overs, uh, all in the power play. And um, really, it was a terrific effort. One uh, little misfield. Uh, aside, England caught everything and uh, and they really strangled and suffocated the Pakistani side who were dealt two bits of bad luck today. First, to lose a good toss for England to win. The second, to lose Shaheen Afridi. Um, Afridi uh, taking the wicket of Alex Howes in the first over of play uh, with England set 138. Uh, Phil Salt went for 10. 32 for two became 45 for three, when Joss Butler was out, 
shortly after the power play. Uh, the game really in the balance at that stage. Shaheen Afridi still had two overs to go. Uh, the best naught for 30 you'll ever see from Nassim Shah, by the way, who beat just Butler's bat five times in an over and still went for 11 uh, in that over. Um, but it was Harris Ralph with a couple of big wickets that just set the cat amongst the pigeons. At the 10-over stage, England ahead of the game, 77 for three. At the 15-over stage, behind the game, uh, with the rain coming in, 97 for four. They added just 20 runs in five overs and lost a wicket. It was a nervy stuff, but when Stokes was at the crease, you always believed. And it's Stokes, indeed, who stood up uh, to hit the winning runs. But not after Shaheen Afridi, who'd taken the catch to dismiss Harry Brook. England, 84 for four at that stage, injured himself in the process. He bowled one delivery of his third over and then walked from the field. The remainder of that over was built, was bowled by uh, Iftikhar Ahmed. And uh, the last two deliveries went six and four. And that pretty much was the game. So two huge blows for Pakistan. But England uh, run out, worthy winners on the night. They've beaten Pakistan by five wickets and have been crowned the T20 World Cup champions. And we have got plenty to discuss here on Following On. Story of the day. So, Harmeet, first up, wow. I mean, Ben Stokes, we all remember 2016. And now he's got 2022 uh, as his comeback. He's put that, um, he's put that ghost to bed, hasn't he? And, and once again... When you needed someone at the crease to just see you through, you you couldn't ask for anyone in world cricket more than Ben Stokes. Uh, it was, and, and he duly delivered on the biggest stage once again. He did, and he was magnificent. He was absolutely fantastic. He was there was there was a bit of panic, I think, in that middle period. England got about twenty runs off five or six overs, but I think deep down, I always knew while Ben was there, Ben England were going to win. Um, I've said it many times on on various parts of talk sport that this kid is the best situation player I've ever seen. Whether it's Headingley, whether it's Lords or you know, big stage and big games. Um, 2016, he was a lot younger, um, possibly a bit more naive than what what he what he has. He'd done a lot of growing up since then, um, but also. Season the moment, and he and he and he did that. He's he's done brilliantly in for England over the course of the last sort of three or four years in the big the big moments. Um, and at not one point did I in that run chase did I feel as though England weren't going to get over the line while Ben Stokes was there. It was set up brilliantly by the bowlers, but Butler had a great game as captain again um, with his field positions and his um, with his bowling changes. Rashid and and uh, and we'll come on to Sam Curran in a bit, but Sam Curran was magnificent again. Um, but Ben Stokes, he always, you know, he always delivers in that big moment. Um, and you 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 just seen you, even if they needed 10, 12 off the last over, he was you back himself to get the pressure put back onto the bowlers. Um, and he'd get England over the line. But I agree, that was a huge blow for Pakistan. Because Shaheen Afridi, probably one of the best white ball 2020 bowlers in the world, um, to lose his sort of, well, to lose eight balls. I think it was, he was four balls, he was four balls into the over and you could see he was struggling. Um, so to lose eight balls from him 
was was massive in the in a in a low no, score. He, he lost eleven balls. Eleven balls, yeah. Well, eleven balls. That's that's a, that's a big loss in a in a in a contest like you know when when you when you like a, a short chase, a small total total contest. So for me, Stokes was absolutely brilliant, but England were absolutely brilliant. Um, when you were playing, who were those players that you just? I remember back in the nineties, Graham Thorpe was the man. You just bank on Graham Thorpe if it if it was tough going. I'm thinking more Test cricket here, uh, but he had a terrific record of uh, 50 over cricket as well. But one of those players you just you just backed. It's he would just stick it out. You'd really have to. While he was at the crease, you kind of had some hope. But what about you? Who were those players that when they were batting, you were sitting there in the dressing room. While they were there, you you kind of just knew as long as they'd stick stick around, you'd be okay. You're looking at Peterson. That's probably the biggest one, Kevin. Um, when he was, when he had a, it was it's like backs against the wall moments. That's when the true players, top players, great characters, best players stand out. Um, in tough situations, you look at Collie or Collingwood. You know, he was somebody who you knew that he played another one. He played a situation very well, did Paul. Um, knew what to do, when to sit in, when to attack. Um, he was somebody who who played the, the you know the tough innings is very very well, but the, the match winning innings is the ones where you're thinking right this is we now need to go through the gears yet now we now need to put pressure back onto the opposition. You're you're probably looking at Kevin. You're looking at Peterson. Triscothic always got you off to a, a start and put pressure on the opposition from the very very start. But while Peterson was in the middle in them in, in this sort of business area, the middle overs coming towards the end. Um, that was that was Kevin during my time. Um, before that, England had a real struggle in white ball cricket. And it wasn't until real central contracts come in that England become a, a white ball force. Um, probably after the 2003 World Cup did England start playing white ball cricket a lot better. And that, co- that sort of, that was a coincidence that Peterson just started to sort of come into the team around about 2004, 2005 time. So for me, the probably best player at that time to get you over the line was, was KP. Let's talk about Sam Curran because there were some out there who didn't even have him in the team, to be honest. Uh, there was a feeling that he wouldn't be able to take wickets. I mean, the, the pitches have been unusual, haven't they? And the conditions have been very, uh, have been distinctly un-Australian, but Leading wicket taker, um, or second leading wicket taker uh, in in the tournament, top wicket taker for England, player of the match, player of the series. Um, he's been has he been a has it been a surprise how well he's gone? I don't think it's uh, well. Yes, it's a surprise on how well he's gone. Um, I was with a great man yesterday, um, Alex Stewart. Um, we we shared a. A cup of a cup of a cup of, uh, a cup of tea on a cold day at St James's Park yesterday. Um, he was crying. Oh, into, Chelsea, of course, Chelsea. He was crying, yeah, he was crying into his tea, and I was uh, I was joyful in in mine. Um, and we talked about Sam and saying how well he's gone. And I don't think I, I even think somebody like Stewie would say he'd be surprised of the impact he's had on the tournament, but not surprised because of the ability that Sam Curran's got. I think 
the, the, the problem that we've all had is a definitive, having a definitive role for Sam. What's he going to do? How's he going to do it? And when's he going to do it in a team? And I still think in the Red Bull team, England have got to try and find a way of, um, in the next three, three to four, you know, two or three years, to find a way of of getting that role that he's now got in the one on the one day side, the white ball side, which is you know death bowling and and, and bowling you know in the in the power play, and I think it helps. It's helped in Australia because he's been able to bowl it into the middle of the pitch um, when needed to, when taking the pace off it with massive boundaries, square of the wicket, and I think that has helped him. But he's also got this knack and ability to take a wicket. He, re- he really has. And he did that in test cricket. If you remember, he was South Africa. He was very innocuous at times. Caribbean, innocuous at times. Then all of a sudden he'd come out, bang, there's a wicket. Sam Curran's got it. Um, and to find a role for him in the Red Bull team is, is difficult. But in the White Bull team, now they've got a role. Man has said to the week, and it was right. It, yeah, he can now, he's now got you know, printed cards. He's got business cards with his role underneath his name on it. Because before, I just think it was a black, it was blank between brackets. You know, you get a business card, you've got your role, job title on it, who you work for, what you do. I don't think Sam ever had that with England. I think he's got it now. And I think now he's got it, the clarity he's got with the role. He, uh, he's thrived on it, um, which is great to see because we've, we all want Sam Curran in our team because he's a fantastic talent. Um, the problem was, was how you used him and when you used him. And I think Joss and Matthew have, uh, have have done that and they've done that very, very well. Yeah, a couple of little points you raised there. It reminds me of uh, Ed Smith's book, actually, former national selector. And uh, he just says a little anecdote that he wrote about, about he went down for a morning breakfast um, uh, or he was just in and around the team. And, you know, ahead of his debut for England or in and around that series, you know, he found that Sam Curran was just, just as relaxed playing table tennis and just enjoying his life and just it was quite odd with how Ed Smith himself, I think as a batter had found his introduction to test cricket, where the nerves really got to him to find mm. this youngster aged 19. He turned 20, I think playing a test match for England at Lords, you know, mm. and he just found him completely, you know, just as he, as he was today, actually watching from afar, he seemed as steely eyed as I've ever seen Sam Curran. If ever I've seen Sam Curran in the zone, uh, it was today. I mean, I might have been imagining things, but he looked... confidence as well, John. Confidence as well. Confidence and focus. Yeah. Um, and that point you make about banging the ball in and the short, you know, on bigger pitches, you know, maybe that's why, of course, he was expensive at Adelaide when square of the wicket, those, those ridiculously short, isn't it? So, yeah, that was great to see from Sam. What about Adil? I mean, look, there's... There has been question marks over this England side. There was question marks about Ben Stokes. You know, not in this show, for sure. But there has, there's been some murmurings. And, uh, you know, this game is about making opinions. And somebody's come out and said that he shouldn't have been in the side. And, of course, he's backed it up with some wonderful performances ever since. But that's that's what makes life interesting. Got to make uh, You've got to make opinions. He's answered those. Um, Sam Curran has answered his. And over the last couple of games... Adil Rashid has answered his as well. Yeah, I, I don't think Adil Rashid bowled badly. I couldn't understand some of the criticism that he got. Um, he bowled one over. He didn't get a wicket. He went for 24. 24 in a, in a T20 game for four overs. That, that, how many games do you see? You know, one by five runs, one by six runs. 
you know, if you can if you can go at sixes in a, as a bowler, that's the difference between winning and losing the game, irrespective of you get wicked or not. I thought in the first, the early part of the tournament, I thought Adil Rashid was bowling well, but Mark Wood was getting the wickets in that middle period because they were having to take the risk of a bowler bowling 95 mile an hour rockets. And that's why Woody was getting wickets. I actually thought Woody, I could understand why they didn't play Mark today because of how well England went in Adelaide and keep a win inside. I had no problem with that. My only thing was I thought against an Asian side, against a subcontinent side, you want the fastest bowler playing. And that's, I'd have been tempted to play Mark today for that very, very real reason. But I think CJ Bowl, excellent again. Chris Jordan, he, he's deserved his, his place inside in the semi-final when Mark was injured. And he, no qualms on getting a game in the final as well because of what happened in the semi-final. So Adil Rashid, I think, got the wickets for other bowlers in the early part of the tournament. And, you know, when you bowl as well as he has done, your time will come. And he's getting them in the semi-final and final. But he was magnificent again today. But I also think, pat on the back, to the captain for how he used Adil Rashid the way he used Adil Rashid he could have taken him out of the, the game on two occasions to keep an, an over for later on then an over for further further towards the end and he didn't he identified the moment this was this was game changing this is the difference between them only getting 140 and being well below par or potentially somebody coming on here going for 15 off an over getting momentum going and they get 165, 170, which would be a game, you know, scoreboard pressure in a World Cup final, 90,000 people. This could be more difficult. So fair play to Joss for keeping him going and understanding that this is the moment we can ram home the advantage and make sure Pakistan only get 140 um, and we win the game. And I think fair play to both Rashid for the way he bowled, but Joss for the way he captained him. One reason I would take quite a lot of heart from this uh, performance and there are many reasons is that firstly England were shorn of arguably their best batter in Johnny Bairstow certainly over the last couple of years statistically I think he could uh, stake that you could stake that claim and three of their best bowlers in Reese Topley, Joffre Archer and today and the semi-finals Mark Wood so this is a team that has got the ability to improve in the, in that regard but also you know, I made the point on Talk Sport with Max that when you come to these big matches, you need your big players. While Stokes is at the crease, you felt co- as confident as you could be that England were, were going to get home. You know, but when you look at the rest of this, the the card, Alex Hales, for reasons that we know, has not got a lot of experience at ICC events. He's come to Australia and succeeded. You know, and he would take a lot from that. Um, Phil Salt came in. You know, he's now played in the T20 World Cup final. Uh, Harry Brook is a youngster. You know, he's, he, he again, you, you feel with those three players, maybe less so to point Hales in the long term, but certainly in the short term, that you're going to see a consistency and, and an improvement from, from all three. And of course, Livingston, we, we hardly needed him. In fact, we probably relied on him more with the ball than we did with the bat. So this is a side that is going to get better. Yeah, we're going to get better, but we they keep the the good thing about this side is they keep driving to be better. Uh, go back, go back, you know, just sort of look at the Red Bull team, the two two big guns, 
two most experienced players, Broad and Anderson. For the last 10 years, all they've talked about in their interviews or in their, whenever they've spoke, is about getting better, getting better. So the message that, if, it, if the message from the top is about getting better, then it filters down. You know, dressing rooms are like a flock of sheep. You know, they'll, you know they'll, they'll go with senior players. Stokes striving to be better. Butler striving to get better and be better. That's only going to have a knock-on effect to the likes of Harry Brook and, and players like that. I thought Chris Wokes in this tournament has been excellent as well. But if you look at Chris Wokes, he was magnificent in 2019. Excellent again in this tournament. And he turned up both three overs in a power play in the final. Um, these guys are, yes, they, they've got experience, but sometimes the pressure can get to a player. And the more exposure to that pressure, the better it'll become. And that's why this, at this given time, the only weakness I see in this England side, if there is a one, and they've just found a part of the answer, is with Sam Curran bowling, is the death bowling. That's the only thing I can see that this England side could possibly get better. They're at their ceiling point. And what, what they need to do and what we'll always do is we'll push each other to strive to be better. And the likes of Chris Jordan, Chris Wokes, if you think that they wouldn't be in the side if Mark Wood, Reese Topley and Joffrey Archer were there, well, they're sending a memo to Joffrey Archer, Reese Topley and Mark Wood that you're going to have to be good to get in this team because I'm not going to relinquish my place. You're going to have to perform better than me to get in and then when you're in, you're going to have to perform because I'm coming back from your place. And that is great competition. That's healthy. And that's why leading into this tournament, England were the best team, I thought. I didn't think that anybody could touch England if they played to their, you know, their ceiling potential. And yeah, you know, a little bit of a blip against Ireland. I still think England would have won that game if they had gone full 20 overs because Mo and Ali and Liam Livingston would have got them over the line. But the likes of Phil Salt and Harry Brook, especially, these guys will be they'll be much better for the next tournament and better for the tournament after. And I was asked why why I would pick Harry Brook at number five at the start of the tournament. And I said, we picked Ian Bell at number four for England in 2005. He averaged 17. We knew that Ian Bell was going to play a huge international cricket. And I think that's the same with Harry Brook. Ian Bell was one of the best players that I have ever seen play cricket for England. You know, talent and technique. And I think Harry Brook is well on his way to you know, having the potential to be a very, very fine international cricketer. And that's why, for me, the exposure in this tournament, and actually, I thought he batted really well in the final on tricky situations. Well, with Ben, um, you know, the pressure was on there. And I thought the boy did well. 20 of 23 balls doesn't look too much. When you're chasing a low total, the ball's doing a little bit. Uh, hats off for the boy the, Harry Brook will be better for the experience of this final um, I fully expect him to be in the test team in Pakistan um, in that middle order and who knows when Johnny Bairstow comes back for the test team Johnny's going to have to get some runs and perform because hopefully you know that test team's pool of players gets bigger Brook will be a better player for, for the experience he's had in Australia this, this last five weeks This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Let's talk about Pakistan. How big a toss was that to win for England? Massive, massive. I said, I said all day yesterday at St James's Park as everybody was tapping me on the shoulder in my football and correspondent role. Okay. Are we going to win tomorrow? Are we going to win tomorrow? Everybody, even you know, even even football commentators were coming up to me and saying, "Are we going to win tomorrow?" I said, "The team that chases will win the game because the team that chases will have won the toss." And if there's clouds around, if there's moisture in the air. If there's something in the wicket, it'll be first up. Trying to set a total will be very, very difficult. Um, and I thought the toss was huge. The minute you won the toss, I was like, you, you're 75% there winning this, this match. I know you've got to perform, but you're, you're 75% there. I thought for the, for the closeness, to be, for the game to be, to be really, really tight and close, I thought Pakistan had to win the toss and put England under pressure. But when England won the toss, I thought there was only going to be one winner. And a word for your old mate, Rob Key. He's going to be sitting back going, ah, it's an easy job. Yeah. He's, he's got an easy, he's, easiest job in the world, isn't he? Yeah, what, what, what life is. How hard is, how hard is this job, Rob Key? You, know, you bring in a captain and a coach for the Red Bull team, you win six out of seven. You bring a captain and a coach and a White Bull team and go win the World Cup. Um, Keyes, he must be, he must be elated standing on that. Both tier of uh, princes in the golf course at this minute in time. Now, he, look, I think he's, he understands that there's a huge amount of tough cricket to come up. I think this next six months of cricket for England will be as hard a cricket that than they've, they've they've played in a long, long time. Pakistan away will be difficult. New Zealand away 
will be challenging. Poyer's coming back from the IPL and going into a five-test match six week in six weeks of the Ashes. Um, if Keezy's still smiling and he's still thinking this is the best job in the world, come the end of the Ashes, then, boy, we're in for a great, a great next phase of English cricket because I think this is as tough as it, it gets coming up. But the confidence that these guys have got now, I think, bring it on. Honestly, bring it on because... Ben and Brendan's team have got a huge amount of confidence. Big blow losing Johnny, but they've got a huge amount of confidence. Um, and the, the white ball team are the, the World Cup champions. So I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how the next six months goes. But you can't have a better feeling than where, than where both teams are right at this minute in time. And that's brilliant to see from an English fan's point of view. Um, and if you're Rob Key, well, you, 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 you're sort of justified and vindicated with the selections that you have with you've had with you know red and white ball um management teams and obviously captains brilliant stuff mate well look, you'll be back on monday morning you're going to be part of the breakfast show six till eight uh with uh, the guys and gals looking back at this win and uh following on podcast we'll be back on tuesday cricket collective will be steve harmison um and uh, also neil manthorpe looking back at this win and also yeah well I see. I feels a bit remiss to mention it right at the end of the show, but of course, you're uh, we suffered cricket suffered a, a great loss this weekend, didn't it? Or um, over the last seven days or so, you have, yeah, a massive loss. David English, the loon, what a character, what a man, um, unbelievable company. Oh, his positivity was just ridiculous. You know, honestly, it's it could be it could have been heelstone and golf balls, and Mister English will be thinking we'll be out there in half an hour. He he just loved the game of cricket. He loved talking about it. He loved talking with people in it. And his his enthusiasm for young cricketers and giving them a chance from fifty at fifteen year old. And that's why he was knighted. And his caps, people that's gone through his hands, that's gone on to play for England. Is just uh, the, the, they'll be off the charts to skill, um, and he'd be a huge loss because his whenever he was around and whenever he's in a room, you knew he was in because if he didn't bump into you, bouncing off you, you, know, you could hear him from all parts of the room. Um, his enthusiasm was fantastic, but the Bunbury festivals, which was his idea, his doing, raising money for loads of charities, but also making sure that young cricketers had a chance to. You know, play our great game and developing our great game. Um, he's had some England captains, huge amount of England players, massive Ashes winners, and also now some World Cup winners as well. So it'll be a sad loss. Um, and my thoughts, and I think everybody's at thoughts of talk sport to his family, um, because he'd be a huge loss in the game of cricket. Yeah, well said. Uh, in memory of David English. Um, who passed away yesterday? We will uh, we'll be giving him a proper tribute, won't we, on the Cricket Collective on Tuesday. Yourself and Absolutely. Neil Manthorpe. Uh, but for now, uh, we uh, well we'll pause and stop and just say uh, thanks to him and also thanks to English Cricket. They've given us another uh, memorable uh, day out, day out and evening out. England have beaten Pakistan by five wickets. They are the uh, 2022 T20 World Cup champions, and they did it with some style in the end. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back uh, throughout the week. But as I say, uh, Cricket Collective on Tuesday. And um, England are back in duty. Yeah, they're playing a 50-over tournament against Australia starting at 
on Thursday. So I'll be up at uh, 20 to 4 in the morning to bring uh, updates from that. Better find out where they're playing. I've got no idea. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.